Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richman and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast, and I'm exhausted. Chris, what's up? Number 13. Are we on number 13? We are number 13 already. Man, we're rolling. We are. Man, we're rolling along. How's the, um, how's the, how's the listens looking like on uh, on the audio side? Still great. I looked at it actually like an hour ago, and uh, we're still going upwards. So We number still, one yet? Uh, no, we're actually um, <laughs> probably like number 400. Oh, um, um, close. Yeah, we're close, uh, but we're still going upward we're not going down so that tells me good things um so did you know that i love buffalo you love buffalo buffalo man you know buffalo can make new york or buffalo meat buffalo buffalo can make a food plot did you know that oh this sounds like a joke hit me with it all right so over the weekend, I think it was, I sent you a, a message and asked you about the Bible. Mm-hmm. And this is just a quick topic real quick to, to follow up on the last episode. Um, yes. But I asked, I'm not really versed in the Bible fully, even though I have a tattoo on my arm, Psalm, Psalm 144. Um, but I asked you about tillage. If, yes. You know, what was in the Bible, if it was mentioned um, – and you did some, I know you're, you know, you've versed in the Bible and all that. And uh, what'd you find? There is very extensive uh, proof in biblical times that dirt was turned off. And mm-hmm. that was their common way of planning. And they were using um, oxen mm-hmm. and asses. And they had a <laughs> stop it, stop it. They were using a system that was made out of wood, and it was sharpened to a point. Yep. And then they took iron ore and plowshares. They made plowshares out of old swords and things, and iron okay. ore, and mm. they beat it. They beat it flat and wrapped it around those wooden wooden curved portions Mm -hmm. and uh, i don't know how they affixed it some type of nail or something but that was their wear plate you know those plowshares were made out of iron ore or and like i said there was some verses that said that they beat swords and things obviously they they, plowshares obviously they tilled the ground or they did they um, did because that's all they had obviously they didn't have equipment yep Yep, they plowed Plowed with the animals, right? In that, in that makeshift uh, plow. Okay. Made out of wood. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's in the Bible, then. Yes. Yeah. It was. Uh, there's quite a few verses, um, and that was that was the way they did it. That's and, how they planted. I guess they grew all their crops and. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there was even a thing in there, and you'll find this interesting. And I think some people will if they don't know about it. Um, there's a there's a portion in there that says that uh, if you plant a piece of property 
like the seventh year you're supposed to let it rest and be fallow. The seventh year. The seventh year. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Cool. I think I had that correct. Yeah, the seventh year. They're supposed to leave that fallow for a year. Leave the soil, leave that field fallow. Yep. Yep. And that's supposed to uh supposed to re you know, like regain nutritional value for letting it sit, I guess. You know, let it rest. You let it right. rest for for one year. Yeah. Yep. It's cool. interesting. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. So um I'm gonna be disking my fields again um mm -hmm. this summer and plant my food pots. You're biblical. Yep, I'm biblical. Um but that's my way. That's my mm -hmm. method. Yes, you are. Yes, okay. You are. What do you what do you got next on the on the table for today? Well, sticking with some food plot idea there. Yeah. Have you ever heard of this mineral stump? Mineral stump. Have you heard, have you heard of guys using mineral stumps in their properties? Are you talking about dumping mineral on a stump? No, no. I'm talking about like this time of year, guys are into this TSI and they're cutting trees down and things. Mm. And actually, like, if they're going to be doing that, a lot of guys are like, oh, I got to get that stump out of the way, you know, mm -hmm. rip it out or whatever. You may want to think about that before you do it. If it's not in your way particularly, um, you could try cutting a tree down, leaving the stump. And what happens is you have all that root underneath the dirt. And when you mess with a, a, a plant or a tree by cutting it off, that tries to stay living mm -hmm. and what it does is it forces all its energy and nutrients to the top and tries to regrow and re-sprout mm -hmm. and what it does is it creates all this sprouting that comes up out of that stump and it's very very highly nutritious and the mm -hmm. deer really really uh prefer that even yeah. if you have good stuff around it mm -hmm. that stuff is so high in mineral content and healthy for them that they will come and devour that type of thing. And of all things, like they say, black gum and maples and stuff like that are really good for doing that. Yeah. Well, that's all part of a, of a TSI situation yeah. where you're cutting the trees down and opening up the canopy and either you're flush cutting a stump. If that tree wasn't particularly, uh, or it was too large or something to hinge cut or something, mm -hmm. you can't cut it off. You're going to get stump sprouts. Yeah. And uh that's all part of it. Extra food and and the stumps, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's all part of just leaving it there for if you're making like a bedding area or obviously if you're making um like a food plot, you may not want the stumps there. But right, uh right. in general, a good little TSI project, cut them and you'll get stump sprouts and which just adds to the food value at ground level for the deer. Yeah. I mean, if you if you're just clearing trees to get uh, the canopy opened up and get some sunlight down mm -hmm. and these stumps aren't going to be in your way. You may want to, uh, check into that. Mm -hmm. There's, there's all kind of videos on YouTube. I was, I just watched a couple actually, I was checking it out. Um, because maples, especially maples and black gums, they, they recommend, but like everybody has maples growing everywhere all over their property. I'm sure. And, 
there there's not a whole lot of value in them unless they're totally straight and you can have marketable timber out of them but mm -hmm. um they seem to go out and just spread their wings and man can't really cover up the sun they make too much shade to the ground you know what else shades shades out big time it's hmm. beach beach trees beach trees man they them things get so large and they have wide mm. you know brand and just takes up so much sun yeah well yeah. white oak are the same yeah H huge huge old white oaks i was down looking at my property here yesterday i took a walk it was pretty decent on i went down there and some of the white oaks that i have down there are just huge you have oaks I mean, down there yeah i got I didn't some, know you i didn't even know you had oaks down there yeah i've got some big white oaks down there i've got some white oaks and red oak and uh some type of hi uh hickory mm. some type of hi hickory i can't think of the name off the top of my head shag bark no they weren't i forget which type they were but uh i've pretty much besides you got cherry i do have some cherry i have Walnut. some dead dead standing cherry i got walnut here behind camp mm -hmm. there's a black walnut um yeah I've, I've got a lot of nut bearing fruit down there um and like i said besides the cherry and the oaks i've got it about eliminated to just nut bearing trees which is pretty much what i'm aiming at anyhow but I've got a lot of cherry down there. I've got to take down some of it. I did the uh, did some hack and squirt on it, mm -hmm. and the cherries finally died. It took like four or five years, but they they finally died. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah, yeah. There's there's a few down there. I've got to take down. So so you're biblical. I am. Good. I am. Yeah. Well, um, what else? What else you got? I want to talk about screening. And particularly Egyptian wheat. It's all and, about um, you. It's all it about you. I today. Went down. <laughs> yeah, today, yes. Um, did you know my birthday's coming up? I knew that. But, I mean, it's still a couple of months away, but I'm just giving uh -oh. you a heads oh, up. Oh, we there. all got time to shop yet. Yep. You got time to, to get me a present. Okay. It's in June, so you have a couple months. Get you a sandwich. Okay. But a cookie from Farmer's Knuckle. Inn. Knuckle sandwich. Cookie from Farmer's Inn. Maybe if you're nice. <clears throat> All right. Cool. Egyptian um, wheat. I want to talk about Egyptian wheat because uh, I'm getting a lot of questions on it. And yeah. Um, yeah, I had like, I think two or three yesterday and I actually had one today. So um, I'm a huge fan of screening, especially Egyptian wheat. Yes, it's an annual. Yes, it'll fall down. But usually by the time it falls down, hunting season's over. So you really don't need it. Need it than any anymore anyway um i recommend planting it you know on lease land to where you know you might only lease it for a few years there's no point in trying to grow uh plant trees for a screen or switch grass because it's going to take two three years to grow anyway um and then also if you're dividing like a food plot addition wheat is great for that too because you can kind of separate the plot if it's a large and you can maneuver any way you want to kind of dictate you know where the deer go to push them past your tree sand um i like planting it a little bit later into the season um that way it's i used to plant it like right away in may mm. 
you know, but then I found that the way that I do it and everything with, you know, everything is it gets too tall when hunting season gets here and the taller it is, the more Tennessee it has to fall over. Mm-hmm. So I started planning it a little bit later into like mid June or so, because it has about a hundred and I think 120 day maturity rate. So, um, plan a little bit later, doesn't get as tall about a hunting season gets there. You get a frost and stuff. It stops growing. And, um, anytime I do a screen, it's always roughly about 10 feet wide. You know, you don't want to go too wide because you're taking up too much room for a plot, but 10 foot seems to be the key kind of holds itself together. And, uh, I love planting it. You planting it this year? He loves it. I love it. I have uh, incognito I'm planning. So, yes, yeah. it has Egyptian wheat and hybrid. Uh, yeah. Hybrid <laughs> uh, sorghum. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Let, me, let, let, let me let me help you out here. Oh, help me out. What you got there? Uh, you got jugs. 38% Egyptian wheat. Hey, Dave. Uh, nice jugs. Thank you. Uh, 34% green sorghum and then 26% of sorghum Sudan grass. Hmm. Um, this is what we plant here. Um, Ooh, shake it, shake your jugs. It's, uh, it's good stuff. Hmm. So how much are you planting this year? I have three jugs of that. Are you still doing like that whole thing? I'm not going to do the whole thing this year. Okay. Um, what I'm going to do is screen the center portion that I'm going to hunt over. Mm-hmm. and have it v down to my to my stand like i did sort of kind of what i did last year i had a, mm-hmm. i had an entry point there mm-hmm. that i uh mowed down right there to let them into it and they used it i mean they trampled it like a cow pasture you know mm-hmm. um but what i'm gonna do is just screen the bottom left corner from the road and leave the clover fields wide open, but I'll probably still put that buffer strip down the middle of the field that would screen the other road mm-hmm. uh, because I'm between two roads there basically. But yeah, yeah I'm going to put one across the middle of the field and like I said, they're around that plot and shading from that, that uh, gated entrance that I have to the property. I'm going to have that screened off because when people ride down the road, you're looking straight out into the field and the road bends 90 degrees Mm -hmm. and they're, they're looking out into that field and I don't want any curiosity. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're, you're using the screen. I'm using it for privacy, basically. Right. Privacy and to maybe block some of your access to your stand and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And you said you had three jugs. I got three jugs. Where where are you able to get that? Where'd you get it at? Um, there's a tractor supply that sells it by you. Yeah, there's there's a there's a tractor supply near me. Okay. There is a family. What do they call that? Family farm and home, and then Route sixty six up in Leaper carries it. Okay. Yep. I just found out that my tractor supply started selling domain stuff. Yeah, nice. They didn't have it there last year, but now all of a sudden it's ah. it's there. See, they started in satellite stores and yeah. I guess what now that it's catching on, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny cuz now I'm seeing like some of these celebrity YouTubers and stuff, you know, they're 
they're starting to carry it and use it and things and it's 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 turning on man i'm a celebrity youtuber people were realizing that you're not a celebrity youtuber and they're realizing that domain's good stuff see how um, i worked that in there i did and i'm gonna kill you for saying yeah that. yeah right um some tips though with egyptian wheat because i that one of the questions the guy asked me yesterday i think it was was actually he grew it last year he he planted incognito mm -hmm. but it it's all laying down now and it well some of it was like four feet tall but still but he wanted to know what to, what to do with it oh and um i just said really the best case scenario would be if you had a tractor with a bush hog or like a finished cut mower you know like a atv one you could pull behind yeah just go go over it mulch it up a little bit it'll right. help break it down a little bit faster secondly if you don't have that you just simply wait until you're ready to plant and then just kind of disc it under no big deal um it's just if you were able to mulch it up it'll turn right. into that organic matter you know a little bit quicker but um his case he actually had a, a bush hog so he's going to bush hog it now i think he said and then uh, yeah. Come like June or something, he's going to plant. Um, I'm waiting for it to get a little bit drier out before I can yeah. get the big tractor in the field. That's, that's what, what he was waiting that's for. That's what I have to do, too. I have to uh, go over and mow that down. <clears throat> yep. And uh, um, it's roughly like 11 pounds per acre, I believe. And a lot of people use end up using too much of that. Uh, time, yeah. Yes, seed per acre. And it, sh it stunts itself. And you don't but, get the high... You don't get the height out of it, and you don't get the, the stalk strength. Right, right. But if they if they do make it so heavily seeded, mm -hmm. and it only gets five feet tall or whatever, and it's really close together, it might give it a little bit of strength on each other, you know? I don't know. It might. Um, It could, I guess. It, I guess. You know. Lean on me, like that song, you know? Right. I guess it depends. But it depends on your nutrition there. Yeah, the but dirt. it also depends how tall you actually need it yeah. to be. Um, I only need mine five foot four and a half. Right, because you're short. Because um, I'm like three foot nine, and I can hide behind it. Yes, you can. Um, Stop it. So I Yeah, I would recommend not doing that. I would just – I would kind of keep it a little bit thin. That way you actually get the, the thick stalks. Oh, and yeah. then uh, I'm going to give you recommended doing it. I'm just saying if yeah. somebody does yeah, that, yeah, yeah. no, it's know, not a, it's not a fail. It, it's not a fail. Yeah. Yeah. They can make it work. Yeah. I'm going to give you a, uh, a power tip for this and oh. it's going to, it's going to blow your mind. You ready? Oh, no. You ready for this? A major fail with Egyptian wheat is people only add urea. Oh yeah. Definitely. Because they, because they think of it as corn. And what happens is, I've seen this over and over and over, because I'm not blind like you. Ouch. Uh, yeah. People, when you throw that urea to it, it gives it a jump, and it grows very tall. Mm -hmm. The problem is, again, when it grows very tall, it has its more tendency to fall over. You need to throw triple 19 to it, because you got to have that potassium. The potassium in there... Is what grows the thick, strong stalks. So right around the 45-day mark after planting, when the leaves are dry, early, you know, mid-morning, late afternoon, I'll just walk in between there or off to the side and kind of shoot my seat, my shoulder seater out to the side. But I'll just broadcast about um, 75 pounds, 75 pounds to 100 pounds 
of triple 19 per acre into that and it gives it that potassium boost and so what are you going to tell the guy that says can i put a 060 on then uh he can do that you didn't help me out i was hoping you would explain that he can put it on <laughs> you, you can do that you can do that yeah you can do that <laughs> yeah that's what i do I yeah. do that sometimes uh, midsummer mm -hmm. because, like, was it last? No, two years ago when we was getting that uh, that tornado came up the coast or whatever, and we had high winds and real hard rain, and I went over and looked, and the stuff was just blowing all over the place and getting ready mm -hmm. to tip over or whatever. Uh, the next day after work, I hurried up, ran in, got some 0060, and I went out there and spread that stuff. Yeah, no, it and helps. Some of, some of it did, some of it did lay over, and some of it actually stood back up. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, yeah, as long did, as the stalk doesn't snap, right? It could, right. it'll stand back up because it'll, it'll, it's going to want to chase the sun. Yes, yes, but I gave it that little bit of boost. It does help the potassium. To, it, For you sure. know, it builds them stalks. Yeah, For sure. Yep. 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 Um, what do you got? So, so we talked uh, briefly before this started, and um, we did. You're you're bitter again. Oh. And yeah. um, we're going to talk about uh, trail cameras. Oh that, yeah. Uh, it was Kansas, correct? It is the state of Kansas. Yes. That they ban trail cameras on public land. Yes. What are I the reasons behind silly. this? I think, I think it's, it's silly, silly too. Okay. Let me. I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. And this where, is. Where, where was the article from? This is an article. Uh, everybody has them, but this particular one's from Field and Stream. Okay. And it, it mentioned the warden's name and all. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess they had to include that. But this fellow states that one of the reasons is, is because the trail cameras cause privacy issues and give rise to conflict when used on heavily trafficked. Yeah, I can't even say that word. Traffic. Traffic. Trafficked, yeah, trafficked public land. Okay, um, water. There is issues when it comes to trail cameras. He said, in some places, cameras are used to spy on other hunters. Oh boy, <laughs> I think that one's hilarious. And some people, this is a good one too. Some people recoil when they see a camera. Oh my gosh, it's not like it's a poisonous snake. Uh <laughs> on private land. They do not want to have somebody take their picture and have it put on Facebook. Oh, my. That so, does happen a lot. Uh, yeah, it does. But then they say, go on to say that it's for uh, also they think that some people try to put out cameras to be able to stake claim to a particular section of woods. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. Yeah. I threw my well, phone. Did you see that? That was cool. Yeah. What what I get out of this is uh is a bunch of bunch of babies. Somebody you got butt hurt because their their picture got put on Facebook. Okay. Which I, I get that part. I get it, but um I mean really at you know, in today's world, anytime you go outside, I mean, you're in the public, you can be filmed. You know what I mean? Um hey, you go into towns. Yeah. And every town has a camera on a telephone pole. Yeah, you're filmed you know? everywhere. You're you're you, being You're filmed. at Walmart. They're watching you in the parking lot. You yeah, know? you're being filmed every anywhere you go. 
Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, come on. It, it's just people are a bunch of babies about it. Now, I went. Now, a lot of times, um, you know, sometimes those cameras on public land and stuff get stolen. People, people oh, steal yeah. them. And I went scouting on public land Sunday, last Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I actually walked into the woods. I was looking at my my hunt stand app and I was like, oh, I think I want to go over there and scout this piece. I walk over there. As soon as I walk in 15 feet into the woods, there's a, tr- there's a cell cam on the tree about four feet off the ground, had a cable lock on it. Right. And I, I looked, I, I was just kind of looking around. And you recoiled. I, I did. You did. I was, like, I was like, oh, camera. And I, I, oh, just, waved, I just waved camera. to it. And Run. I was like, okay, well, somebody's monitoring this area. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna, I was like, oh, somebody's just monitoring this area. So I'll just, I just walked on by. I didn't touch the camera. I didn't steal it. You know, but it huh. um, doesn't mean that guy claims that spot. It's, it's I mean, now would I set up a, a stand there to hunt? Probably not because somebody's probably because he staked claim to that piece of property. no, he didn't stake claim. It's just, it's just, uh, Field and Stream said he did, right? Um, it's just a personal thing, like you know, somebody's probably hunting there, so I'll just, I'll yeah. move, you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't need to hunt right next to the guys. It's public land. hundred percent. I could hunt there. doesn't matter. But look, the guys monitoring that area. So I just moved off to the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think the band's stupid. I think you it's recoiled. silly. I did. And, um, I think it's, I think the band's stupid. Yeah. I think it is too. I, I, I think it was three weeks ago. I went out on a piece of conservancy here down the road and, 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 and we can, oh, I'm, I'm opening another can of worms, but Uh-oh. okay. I'm bitter again, all of a sudden. <laughs> okay. After season's over, after two weeks, after the season's over, you're supposed to have your stands out of the woods. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably any state. I don't know. Probably. probably. Maybe it's just PA. I don't know. But two weeks well, after the Flintlock's over. Maryland, Maryland, you have to take them out every day. Are you serious? I'm 99% sure on that. You cannot leave a stand. You have to take, when you're hunting it, you have to yeah. take it out and take it out of there. Wow. Well, yeah. PA has PA has it set up. You can put a stand up on public land, you know, state-run land or whatever, mm-hmm. but you have to have your your license number or your name and address on it or something. They have to be able to identify whose stand it is, which I find eight stands and a bunch of trail cameras, all right? And that's that's not necessarily what I'm bitter at. What I'm bitter at is, you know, a couple of years ago when my boy was with me, we put up a stand, a double man stand and we hunted it and we got this huge ice storm during Flintlock season. You say boy, you're talking about your son. Yeah. My son. Yeah. Okay. And we, uh, your, your boy could have been like your friend or something. My homies. Yeah. I'm just clarifying it for the yeah, audience. You, you're right. All right. City guy, you know, continue so put this double man up we got this huge ice storm and it was like four weeks after the season ended i told the boy let's let's go get our stand out of the woods you know it's finally half decent hot and i carry this thing all the way out to the car and and i'm not in a great mood anyhow because i just Mm -hmm. carried this double man stand and the game warden pulls up and he gives me a hard time He's like, that stand was supposed to be out of woods two weeks after the season. I'm like, dude, at least I'm taking mine out. I said, 
would you like to take a walk with me and we'll go look at all the other stands that are in there that have grown into the tree bark? Because obviously you're not going in there and checking on these stands. Mm -hmm. These guys are supposed to have their stands out of the woods every year, two weeks after season, period, latest, mm -hmm. done. And they're growing into the trees. The straps are broken. That's how long they've been there. That's no years. one's even using them, you know. And they're supposed to be the property of the state mm -hmm. if that happens. And they're not following through and doing their part to get these stands out of there. Now, out of those eight stands, I find two tags. Two people actually had their stands tagged with their name or CID number, mm -hmm. which that's partially following the law, but they're breaking it by not taking their stand out. So, yeah. You're upset. Well, I am bitter now because that question came up on Facebook form and someone said, hey, these people that have their stands out, isn't that illegal? You know, shouldn't I be able to go out there and remove that stand for them? Just jokingly. Mm -hmm. And it got like hundreds and hundreds of comments. Okay. But. One of the commenters, I was reading down through the comments. Guess what it was? Hmm. It was one of the guys that I found his stand over here. Mm. And he said, leave them stands alone. They're not your property. You know? Interesting. I, yeah, that was real interesting. He was one of the guys' stands I found out there in the woods. Wow, that's and crazy. He was telling people, leave them stands alone. Mind your own business and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And here he is. He's the one of the guys one of the type of guys that this fellow was talking about. Well, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I'm when I went bitter now, your turn. Well, I can be bitter too. Um, it, get bitter. When I went sick of scouting last year, mm -hmm. I think it was, or it might've been two years ago. Um, you're not allowed to have tree stands or feeders or something, anything like that on public land. Um, any, anywhere, not if it's just for whitetail or sick, it doesn't matter. No, no permanent stands and no feeders. Why well, scouted this piece of uh, public land for Sika, and I went pretty far back in there. It was about two miles, and then I started getting into some ribbons. You know, somebody had some ribbons mm -hmm. tape, you know, tied to a tree. Mm -hmm. I was just following my map. I wanted to go back to this this old uh, clear cut that it was back in there. It was about looked like about a sixty acre clear cut that was overgrown and on my way in there i found like four ground blinds that were left there i found three tower stands that somebody oh built or something oh right my. then i started running into these big giant barrel 55 gallon barrel feeders huh. and they had and they had corn in them oh my goodness you're so i'm like you're getting arrested yeah so i'm like wait a second here am i am, am i on public land or am i on private you know, so I'm looking at the app and it like I'm in the middle of public land. So uh, I just took a couple pictures. I'm, I was like, this is crazy. I mean, they were everywhere. So uh, later that day, when I came back out, I, I actually called the office there and I was like, look, I want to make sure that I'm on public land, not private. I was like, it was pretty weird. I said there was a bunch of feeders and stuff. Um in there so i i guess i ended up ratting somebody out but oh, you um, snitch snitches get stitches Dave. well if you go down this one road it's it's uh 
private land and then off or off to the left was public off to the right was private and the map was goofy kind of and hunt stand i don't think was 100 percent accurate because when you hunt down there they want you to use another app called avenza and never heard of it avenza basically like you have to go to a website that has the the layout of the property Mm -hmm. and you have to copy that link and you put that link into Avenza. Oh. And then it it shows up that way. So I huh. did that and it kind of matched. So I was telling the guy, I was like, look, I just want to make sure, you know, I'm not on public. I'm on private. He's like, no, you're you're on public. You're on public. I said, okay, well, there was feeders and, and all kinds of stuff in there. And um he's like, they have corn in them? I said, Yeah, they were they had corn in them. So he ended up going back in there and he called me like two days later and he he found them. And, um, as far as I know, they never found out who it was, mm-hmm. but, uh, I was upset. Nah, somebody, somebody, now you're bitter. Somebody was cheating, man. I'm glad you're bitter. Somebody was cheating. I'm tired of being the only bitter one. I mean, it, I, it had to be more than one person because. Holy crap. I mean, they were filling was, up barrels with corn. They barrel, had... Barrels. You know, somebody was back in there and they were, it was. Because I also wanted to make sure, because in that area, there's a lot of clubs. There's a lot of hunting clubs. So I was like, this looks like a typical, you know, hunt club or something where, you know, the members would go in there and, fill, you know, fill. And I was like, this is weird. So I, I just wanted to make sure. But um, so, so if, I, I, if I come down there on a hunt, yeah, I want people to attack you for reporting them, not me. They ain't attacking me. Snitch. Nope. I found an easier way in, so we don't have, <laughs> we don't have to go past all that now. <laughs> I found an easy way in. They ain't gonna like me because I'm out of state. They will absolutely hate you because yep. you're out of state. So that way, I, we have to drive my vehicle that I'm has Maryland. Wear, I'm gonna wear a shirt that says I'm from Maryland. They're very violent down there. Maryland's for lovers. Sika is uh, actually that's Virginia, but yeah, Sika is very protected. They, uh, the locals take it very, uh, <laughs> it's their animals and I'm there to kill them. I mean, I'm low. I mean, I'm an hour. Well, no, cause I'm, I'm like two hours away. Well, and some of the guys were like, you know, they were like, Oh, you drive two hours from Baltimore to come down here. I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking sick of hunting. What do you like? Leave me alone. I heard and we're going to uh, have to fight off the Amish. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be Amish diner. Not not Sika. Not Amish. on the Sika hunt. I didn't see no Amish, but oh, on the that was on the other place you went. That was on the other public land where I shot that big velvet buck. Yeah, I got okay. uh, I got bomb bombarded you by Amish. With them. Yeah. They, now uh, what do they say to you? They um. Like, hey Dave, what up? They uh they came over to like <laughs> they had these bowl cuts and uh <laughs> like cuts. yeah they had it was twin like they were twins and Zach was with me. He's like. And, uh, they attacked us. They were like, they're like, bro, where did you shoot this deer? And I was like, in the woods, in the woods, <laughs> you know, he's like, well, where at I was like, behind uh, a tree over that way? He's like, well, where at over that way? And I was like, like, why, why do you need to know where I shot this deer? And, uh, he's like, well, where at? I was like, look, dude, all the way down that road, go all the way down that road turn right then turn left and keep going then go across the street you lied to him i did and um you're now unbiblical you know we could talk about that too for a second is 
like on public land, yeah, it's public. You can hunt wherever you want. Right. But when I get back to a parking lot, I hate when somebody says, or or if you're in the parking lot, you're getting ready to go out. I understand say, hey, what general direction are you going into? You know what I mean? Like somebody don't, you guys don't go to, whatever. But like when they start getting specific, like where are you hunting at? Well, where at? Then you kind of just make a general statement. Well, where at? Like what area? Yeah. Where, where'd you kill that buck? Quit being pushy. Why do you want to know where I killed the buck? The buck's not there anymore. It's dead. It's dead. Why do you need to know where I killed it? Because it, it had a brother and a grandfather. Right. And you know what it is, is that the people, they see somebody have success and they don't want to do the work. They're they lazy. Don't want, they don't want to put the, the work in. And I learned that when I was four, like 16 years old when I hunted this uh, public land is I had a really good spot that I that I had. Man, this boy, man, or not boy, but man, this kid. Uh, Your boy. Uh, Jimmy used to hunt. And boy. he was back then. And um, he's dead now. He died. Um, way to make fun of your buddy. He, uh, we got back to the parking lot and there was a group of like four or five guys. They were like, Hey man, do you guys have any luck? And we're like, yeah, man, we saw all kinds of deer. Well, where at? And then we told him where we're at. Well, the next day we go back there. There was like six people in there. Yeah. I just, you know, yep. which it's, you know, it's public land, but I'm not going to tell you that information. You know, like, you know what I mean? Find your own spot. Hunt your own state. Hunt your own state. So for sure. Um, real quick. Before we end this, guys, because um, it's getting that time of year, I guess. But um, anybody that wants uh, consulting done, uh, I still have my original website, which is whitetailobsessionoutdoors.com, which has a bunch of information. Um, there's some blogs and stuff on there. But I recently created a second website, which is called uh, whitetaildesignconsulting.com. And that website is strictly for consulting. Um, there's no like blogs or nothing. It's just another search engine uh, for people to find. And that, that's it right there. Design, plan, hunt. Got my number on there. But uh, both websites has a form. You know, you guys can fill out for consulting if you're interested. And I'm officially booking for uh, 2024. So um, just wanted to throw that out there. All righty. Thanks 13. for listening. Yep. Done. Thanks for listening, guys, to episode 13. Appreciate it. Keep going. And then um, if you guys have any questions, uh, you can comment on Chris's channel. You can comment on the podcast audio version on, on Spotify and uh, Apple iTunes and all that. Give us some topics, topics if you're having some trouble with some things or whatever it may be. And uh, we'll hook you up. Yeah. Let us know what you want. We'll see you guys on number 14. Later.